Good morning and welcome to worship at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. If you're joining us online, I want to say a special word of welcome. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. And that's my hope for you today, whether you're here or whether you're online. Thanks for being here. So right now, I want to say a word of prayer. God, you are the one who comes through even when things seem hard and impossible. I pray that as your church worships you this day, that your spirit is blessed, that you will help more connect with you and and help instill in each one your life-changing love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the ways that I'm excited about the future of the Holston Conference and the United Methodist Church and really Kern Church, is, is that one of the main emphasis that was shared is the importance of prayer. And not just any kind of prayer, but praying breakthrough prayers. And Kern has a breakthrough prayer. This is a specific prayer that is designed to help ca- ca- uh, bring together the energy of the people of God and asking for God to break through and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities. And um, we could go on and on and on about the miracles and breakthroughs that have happened at Kern Church since we began praying this prayer. And I am so thankful that, that other leaders in the Holston Conference are, are going to be praying a similar breakthrough prayer for on behalf of the whole church and on behalf of their local churches and on behalf of every individual. And so I want to say a word of prayer. And the prayer that I want to pray this morning is the breakthrough prayer that is listed in your bulletin that it's, that's on our, on our website at kernchurch.org slash pray. And this is, this is a way for you, the church to, to really center our thoughts and our prayers around, around praying for God to, to move in a powerful way. I still have an alarm that goes off on my phone and my watch at, at 11.01 every single day, and I hope that many of you will remember, remember that time to continue to pray, pray for your church, and pray for your lives, for God's work to be done in, in your lives. Let's pray. O Holy Spirit, pour out the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in our church and in the lives of each one who is here. Grant to us the boldness to follow Jesus into your new and unknown future. May your Spirit come and your will be done. Amen. I'm sure that, that none of you have ever done this, but have you ever said uh, something about someone else and then hope they didn't hear about it? Now, of course, I'm sure no one here has ever done this, but, but maybe you could imagine in like uh, uh, some hypothetical situation that, that you had participated in this, you know, oh my gosh, did you see what she was wearing, or I cannot believe he lets his kids act that way. If those were my kids, I would, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, they have, um, they've really gained some weight. Uh, we probably should let them know. Of course, they have no idea that they've gained weight, even though they look at themselves in the mirror each day. Or, or uh, I, can, can you believe that she puts up with her husband in the way that he behaves? I would never. Now, of course that you have never said these things about anyone, but maybe, just maybe, someone has, ha- has said them to you about someone else. But just pretend that a different you, in in a different universe perhaps, uh, said something like this, confided an unkind opinion about someone else, 
in a friend or acquaintance. So it's going to be really hard for you to do, I know, because everyone here is, is kind and generous and loving, but just imagine for a moment that you had confided in someone else an unkind opinion about someone else, and, and, then, um, and, and then your phone rings, right? And, and it's not... Um, the person you confided in, but it's the person that you have been talking about. And I know this has never happened to you, uh, but just uh, b- b- pretend that it might have. And so this, this person that you have pretend being talking about uh, starts to call you and, and your heart starts to beat a little bit faster and you wonder what, what she has to say. You wonder what, 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 what could be going on. Of course, that the things that you said about this person was all in confidence to this other deeply trusted person who also never talks about anybody else, but, but maybe the person you confided in might have let the beans spill a little bit and, and shared your unkind opinion to someone else, and, and maybe now your guilty conscience is, is starting to catch up with you. Or, or how about this one? Maybe you have had a, a problem with someone, and so you go to a third person to tell the third person about the problem that you have with someone else and ask them to help you out with the situation. You have a, a problem with your coworker, so you go to, to your boss and complain about the coworker. Now, sometimes the, the manager will uh, will get involved, but really what they should be doing is kicking you out of their office so that you can go fix the problem that you have with someone else and not trying to place the blame on a third party. You know, sometimes this happens to me. Somebody comes to me uh, with, uh, with a problem that they have with somebody else and they want me to fix it, but really what you should do is first go to the person that you are having problems with, even if the, the situation is difficult. And I know um, this one is my favorite of all times, and this is really true for church folks, and, and I, I'm a preacher, so I spend a lot of time with church folks, but, but church folks, um, you know, sometimes they give really specific prayer requests, okay? As if God doesn't understand what you're talking about. So, so it's really important to give really specific prayer requests, and, and often people especially Christians, will know that they, they should not be gossiping about other people, and so instead they kind of hide the gossip in, in prayer language. You know, please, Lord, please pray for Sandy. She's running around with that no good again, and she's got those kids at home, and, and she could really use some prayer right now. Or, or, or um, how, about, how about we just pray for, for, for Eddie? I, my, my cousin told me that, that, that Eddie got fired again for drinking on the job, and you know he's never been any count at all, and, and he, could, he could just really use some prayer right now. Or, or, or you know, um, I heard from so-and-so that, that Brooke and Sean might be getting a divorce if things go the wrong way. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we should put that. I think we should be praying, praying about that, and maybe telling people to pray that they might be getting a divorce because I heard it from so and so. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you try to make your gossip sound more holy. It, it's just gossip. It's it's just plain and simple. Uh, this is the type of thing that harms people, that cuts people down. And you've probably learned from your mom and dad the the, the cliche: sticks and stones may break. My bones, but words will never hurt me. But of course, you know it's not true. Of course, you know that words hurt. And in your life, you've probably been harmed by words much more often than you've ever been harmed by sticks and stones. 
I remember thinking that uh, as a kid, like this, this whole words will never hurt me, the sticks and stones thing. Like, who's getting hurt with sticks and stones? I mean, like, that's just not too often a thing. Uh, but the thing is, words, especially words spoken in malice or words spoken carelessly, these have the power to destroy, and they have the power to destroy trust. If you learn that a friend is, is talking to you uh, or talking about you to a, another friend, your trust in that friend begins to crumble. If you work in an organization where, where, where you are concerned that people keep talking about other people, um, the problem with the problems that they are having about you, that 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 in your organization people are, are going to other people to talk about you and, and the problems they are having to you, it's a sign that that trust is absent, that trust just really isn't there. And we see this lack of trust in our in our nation. It's reported that about sixty percent of Americans don't trust their neighbors. Sixty percent of Americans don't trust their neighbors and assume that, that those around them would much rather take advantage of them than give them the benefit of the doubt. And when trust breaks down, it, it makes life so much more difficult. I mean, you, you worry about things you shouldn't have to worry about. You, 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 you end up spending more money. Things seem to end up costing more because you don't trust. Because people don't trust each other to do the right thing. And your relationships suffer. Because, because you lose even the ability to invest trust into other people. But friends, there is power in trust. In, in a recent book about trust, the author Henry Cloud argues that, that all of human life is designed and wired to only work when we trust. All of human life is designed and wired to work only when we trust. And that's why we're, we're focusing on unlocking the power of trust in this message series. If you were with us last week, you learned that, that trust begins in the heart. Trust begins with having deep personal integrity. And if you weren't with us last week, no worries. But today we are, are focusing on the second key to building trust, to talking to people instead of talking about people. Talking to people instead of talking about people. You know, evidently, a lack of trust and talking about people has kind of been a problem for pretty much all of history because God has a lot to say about it in the Bible. And I want to share with you today two passages from the Bible. The first shows us that God understands and the people of God understand the problems with gossip and what the harm talking about other people can do. And then the second uh, passage I'll share with you shows the power of trust that Jesus makes possible in, in a gossip-free life. So in looking at the Bible, when, when you look at the Bible as a whole, it's, it's made up of, of different parts. And all these parts were, were written by people who were inspired by God to tell God's story and to, um, to help connect other people with God's story. And so in a way, the Bible is kind of like a library that has a whole bunch of different books and, and a whole bunch of different writings in it. There are stories, there are poems, there are songs, and there is wisdom. And, and a lot of the wisdom that you find in the Bible is found in this book of the Bible called Proverbs, which was written to just teach people how to, how to live a wise life. 
And so in the book of Proverbs, there's a lot of writing about the dangers of gossip. And it's as if the writers of Proverbs knew that that talking about people and gossip was harmful and it would break down trust. And so I want to share with you comes from, the first part I want to share with you comes from Proverbs chapter 11, and beginning in verse 9, where we read that with their mouths, the godless would destroy their neighbors. With their mouths, the godless would destroy their neighbors. And this is exactly what I've been talking about. That, um, we put that back up on the screen, that your mouth, someone's mouth has the power to destroy neighbors. Now, if you've ever been in a toxic relationship, you know the power that words can have, the power that, 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 that the mouth can have to destroy other people, the destructive power of talking about other people, the power of gossip to destroy trust, to destroy your relationships. And then the writer goes a little bit further and highlights some of the behaviors of those who gossip, and then highlights some of the reverse behaviors of those who, who trust. Here we find in verse 12 and 13 that whoever belittles another lacks sense, but an intelligent person remains silent. Now, if you ever want to get like at your spouse or something, you could, you know, an intelligent person remains silent. That's really bad marital advice. Just, just, but, but like, I mean, it's, it's good advice, but it's bad marital advice. So don't tell your spouse this. Remind them of the scripture passage. But a gossip goes about telling secrets, but one who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a confidence. You know, if you're honor, honest with yourself, I mean, this probably rings true. And this is good wisdom, regardless of if somebody's a Christian or not. Don't gossip, and don't let your mouth become destructive. Instead, focus on building trust. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good kind of just generic advice. And then when Jesus comes, he ups the ante a little bit. He takes, he takes this good advice that you find that's really applicable to anybody and, and says that for Jesus' followers, there's one more thing you can do. And that's kind of how we find in the Bible. There's, there's advice and in, in writings in the Bible that are, that are applicable to everybody, just kind of general how to live life. And there's some things that are really meant just for people who follow after the way of Jesus. And this is, this is one of those things. If you follow after the way of Jesus you will find that Jesus makes something possible that is even greater than just some pretty good advice. And what I want to read to you next comes from a letter that was written known as Colossians. And so this guy named Paul, who was a leader in the early church, and his, um, his student Timothy are writing a letter called that we now call Colossians, but it was a letter written to Christians who were living in this city called Colossae. Now, I'm sure you know exactly where that is. To, to help you with that, it's basically located in modern-day Turkey. So you look at a, a modern-day map, Colossae is in Asia Minor, which is just uh, another way of saying it's in modern-day Turkey. So here's what Paul and his, his student Timothy write to these Christians who were living in Colossae in, in Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Here Paul is writing to them, to these Christians living in Asia Minor, living in modern-day Turkey. 
Here, here, here Paul is writing to them, and he says, I'm about to tell you something, and it's for Jesus followers. I'm about to tell you something that is meant specifically for you. It's not meant so much for your neighbors who aren't Christians that are living around you. It, it, meant, it is meant specifically for you who follow after the way of Jesus. So if, if, if you're a Christian and, and you're in church today, like, like this is one of the things that applies to you. It's written also to you if you are listening. This is written to people who are already Jesus followers. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have to do this. Um, it doesn't actually make much sense without Jesus. But it's specific instructions for unlocking the power of trust for those that follow Jesus. And so you might notice in this passage, can you put the, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to ask you to do that because um, it, it's kind of all over the place, sorry. Um, but, but you might notice that, that Paul is kind of buttering these people up where he says, uh, since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above. Paul is telling them good things about themselves. He's like, you have been raised with Christ. You are a wonderful person because you follow Jesus. You are a wonderful person, so set your, set your minds. He is buttering them up, and I think he, he's just telling them really nice things about themselves. Now, these are things that are only true because of Jesus, but they're still really nice things about themselves. And it's kind of like you, you lift people up before you tear them down. And, and Paul's about to get to some hard truths here. And so he wants to, to make sure that they know that, that they are secure in Christ. And so we're going to, uh, thank you, we're going to hop down to verse 5, uh, where he's going to deliver some hard truths to these folks that he's just kind of buttered up to be ready to hear it. He says, put to death, therefore, Paul's writing to them, put to death, therefore, whatever brings or whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Verse 9 do not lie to each other, since, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. He's like, if you're a Christian, you have to live differently. If you're a Christian, if you follow me, if you follow Jesus, Paul says, you have to live differently. If you follow after Jesus, you have to live differently from the rest of the world. And, and here's what he means by that. He says, leave or in the language of, of the passage, put to death in your life, but leave and flee from things like sexual immorality and evil desires and greed and anger and rage. And then he, he starts getting into saying that, that you must also leave gossip behind. He says, he says, leave behind, put to death malice, slander, and filthy languages. That is, stop talking about people. Stop using language in a way that cuts down other people, that divides other people, that, 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 that hurts other people. Stop talking about people behind their backs. Stop gossiping. Paul knows that this type of behavior is harmful to groups, so it has no place amongst uh, the followers of Jesus. It, it breaks down trust, and it destroys your neighbors, as a Proverbs has just told us Next, Paul writes and tells them, 
Not only are these the things that you can't do, not only are these the things that you have to put away, not only are the things that these are the things that are tearing you down and tearing down those that follow after Jesus. Next, Paul writes and tells them uh, about the power of trust that Jesus makes possible. And here's the way he describes it, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness gentleness, humility, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So what's the opposite? Or what's the, what's the antidote of gossip and tearing people down and breaking down trust? It's filling yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. It's acting in the opposite way of of someone who gossips and and destroys people. And that's what Paul is writing here. If you want to, to unlock the power of trust, he says, live and fill yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. If you're filling yourselves with these holy things, you can't have room for, for things like slander and malice and, and, and filthy language. Then in verse 13, Paul highlights the topic of today's sermon, today's message un, about unlocking the power of trust by talking to people instead of talking to about him or about them. And Paul knows that the second key to unlocking the power of trust is this, and the way that he says it is, is, is different from the way that I've been saying it, but it's so much the same. He says, bear with each other. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And I love, just leave this up for a few moments, I love that Paul says, bear with each other, Right? It's not just have fun and laugh and like love each other. It is uh, bear with one another because Paul knows that people are difficult. That the people that you are around on any given day can be difficult. And Paul knows that just because someone is following Jesus, it doesn't mean that they aren't going to be difficult still, right? It doesn't mean that people that you're in church with aren't going to be difficult. It doesn't mean that your coworkers aren't going to be difficult or your family members aren't going to be difficult. So when someone is difficult, don't just go talking about them. Instead, talk to them. Bear with them. Put up with them. Engage with them. Don't let them go. Even when it's difficult, Paul says, care for other people. And and I love this this statement about bearing with other people because it is so real. Because it, it acknowledges the fact that loving other people and being deeply rooted and deeply committed to other people, I mean, this is hard work. And he says that if you have a grievance against someone, go to them. Go to them. Talk to them. Forgive them. I want to warn you that this whole forgiveness thing can be difficult. And often, I think that the forgiveness thing, and especially when pastors and leaders talk about forgiveness, that sometimes it can be abused to support those who are actively engaged in harming other people. So it's important to remember that these are instructions that were written for followers of Jesus. 
So if someone isn't a follower of Jesus, just forgiving them without making boundaries and having safeguards in place, that can be dangerous work. I mean, that's, that's how uh, many have been manipulated into forgiving abusers, and then abuse continues to happen and happen. That is, 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 it can be dangerous. But this is about forgiving people who are actively following Jesus. Remember, it's only written to people who are already Jesus followers. So this is written about forgiving people who are actively trying to follow Jesus, even amongst, because even amongst Jesus followers, I mean, there is conflict. There can be conflict. And this is what Paul is highlighting. Talk to people when things get hard. And this is really just kind of a basic point of application in your life. Just talk to people. I mean, it couldn't get any more simpler than that. There's really no fancy way of trying to interpret this for you. It's just talk to people. If you have an issue with someone, shut your mouth to other people and then go talk to the person with whom you have an issue. If someone tries to give you juicy information um, about someone else, just stop them. And just just don't hear what they have to say about that other person. Instead, encourage them to go talk to the person. Tell them to go and talk to that other person. Bear with one another. Care for one another in deep and meaningful ways. I mean, can you imagine if you and I always lived this way? I mean, I'll confess that I try to live this way. But I don't always live up to this. I don't always measure up. Sometimes people will come to me with an issue that they have about another person, and instead of telling them to go talk, about, talk to that other person, I start to get involved, even when I shouldn't get involved. Sometimes an outside party needs to be involved, but not at first. I mean, it just doesn't have to happen at first. The power that this could have, imagine the power that this could have in our church and in your family life and in all relationships. If you just stopped talking about people and, and, and stopped listening to other people talk about other people. And it's powerful. It begins to, to help unlock the power of trust because people see that other people actually care about them and are actually honest. And you don't even have to, to have a super active imagination to, to see what this would look like, because if you just go back to, to what Paul wrote in this letter of Coloss- to Colossians, to the Colossians, um, uh, uh, Paul tells us the kind of life and the kind of community that it can create when you bear with one another, when you talk to one another instead of gossiping. He says that if you live this way, you live the way of love. You live the way of love which binds everyone together in perfect unity. If you live this way, the way of not gossiping, the way of talking to people, the way of bearing with one another, you live the way of love, which binds everyone together in perfect, perfect unity. A community of perfect unity. A community of trust. I mean, it, it is a community of, of high trust. A community of perfect unity doesn't mean that everyone agrees about everything, but it means that people are trusting and loving. And what if the church set the example, set the example of trust in our society? Well, can you imagine the impact that the church could have on, on culture as a whole if you and I and, and everyone who followed after Jesus really followed this teaching of Paul to bear with each other, 
to care for each other, to not talk about each other, but instead to talk to one another. If people really live this way, really live this way, talking to people instead of talking about people, if you really live this way, I mean, we could make a big difference in unlocking the power of trust. You could make a big difference in your daily relationships. And you and I can make a big difference for good in the world as a whole. So I invite you to do this. I invite you to take this to heart. And sometimes it means having difficult conversations, conversations that you'd really rather not have. But it means taking seriously the relationships there and having those conversations. And I invite you to have them. To have them with other people and not about other people. And to help you in this work. And it's really only work that God makes possible in the community of believers of Jesus Christ. And to help you in this work, right now I just want to offer a prayer for you. A prayer for you and and your hearts and in your life as you follow after this way and as God invites you to, to talk to people, to help build and cultivate a community of trust. You join me in prayer. Loving and blessed God, You invite your people to trust. You invite your people to to cultivate trust. You invite your people to to not live lives of of malice where our mouths are used to to tear down other people, but instead where, where honesty and where love are spoken. Enable in each heart who hears the courage, the courage to speak to other people. To, to put aside gossip even when, even when it's fun and engaging, but to put aside gossip for the benefit of creating perfect unity in your spirit, of creating a community of love where people bear with one another and hold one another together. May trust start here, O oh God. And may You inspire in each heart the willingness to speak to others. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I remember one time when I was a brand new pastor and working in this church, and it was a great experience, but one time I was talking about this one person who was really bothering me and got under my skin, and, and um, I, I was sharing about it, really probably gossiping with it, with one of our other leaders, and, and, and the person that was receiving this, this, this news or this thing that I was letting off my chest, they stopped me. They told me not to do it. It called me to account, and that was hard to hear. But I'm so thankful for them, for their courage to have a difficult conversation with me, to call me to be better, to call me to be more of who God wants for me. So I pray, I pray, dear ones, that you will have that courage when you hear other people, that, that you will have that courage in your heart to talk to folks, to share to share in this great unity and trust that Jesus makes possible. May you receive God's blessing today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.